1: And I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. And it's spreading far and wide. Who can turn to the tide? G.I. Joe, American hero. Yo, Joe, G. Joe. Joe. There. Oh. Fighting for freedom wherever there's trouble over land.
2: Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 257, A Conversation with Danny Lore. I'm your host, Ryan, and welcome back, everyone. Yes, you guys have, uh, as I mentioned in a previous episode very recently, I'm trying to get us back to doing classic Star Joe's episodes. So that means we're covering uh, retro comics, we're covering movies, we're covering toys, we're covering cartoon episodes. And one of the things you guys have asked for uh, us to start doing a bit more of is interviews with creators, uh, and I have an awesome one <laughs> joining us today, uh, because it's a new, uh, title that's about to come out. And that's always fun because pick their brain on where they're planning on going with everything. So, um, and, and then we get to be told, I'm sorry, I can't tell you that. So, <laughs> um, so joining us for this episode is, uh, Danny Lord. Danny, thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm super excited.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. this. When I heard the title was coming out and I was able to reach out to you, I was very, very excited about having you on um, so that we can dig into all this stuff. And then, of course, I started doing research on you to try to be as prepared as I could be. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, this is lots of history here to cover. <laughs> <laughs> so should be fun. Um and, uh, so what I wanted to do is just a typical, uh, before we get started, uh, I had warned you ahead of time, I did have a personal question I wanted to ask you, which uh-huh. is, uh, and there's a reason why I'm asking this, which is, is Laura your real last name? Because it seems a little too fitting for a writer.
0: <laughs> uh, so it is actually, uh, short for my, um, Uh, actual, uh, last name. Okay. Uh, so yes, question mark.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, Where it, it actually, when I was trying to, uh, you know, that kind of decision about whether you want to use, uh, your kind of legal name or not. And I was sitting and I was halfway through writing my name, like thereabouts. And I was like, oh, that's dope. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're just going that. We're just gonna go like you know. I was like, the it's, lore master. Yeah, and just just commit to that.
2: Right, because I'm um, like, it's kind of like a painter being or a, a, a artist being named painting or aesthetic <laughs> or something like that. And I'm like, it's just too perfect of a name for a writer. Like, that's just awesome. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was literally one of those moments where I like realized that like it was part of my name and then very, you know, writer grammatically, I'm like, it is part of me. I must do
2: it. (laughs) That's awesome. Love (laughs) it. Um, so when, like, have you been writing your whole life and you just knew this is always what you wanted to do or what, like, what was the moment where you're like, this is kind of what I want to do with my life. This is the direction I want to go.
0: I, I don't think that there was ever a time where I didn't want to be a writer. It was just kind of a question of what, the writing path was for me, like the first Halloween costume I ever picked for myself was the movie Lois Lane. Like I'm saying we got a little, you know, like four year old, you know, dressed up in like a floral vest and long skirt because <laughs> all, you know, like, uh, you know, I used to ride my bike through like the Columbia campus. Cause I was like, I'm going to be a journalist, but it, I didn't really understand what that meant. I just <laughs> wanted to be Lois Lane and I wanted to write. Right. So I was like, "That's that's what you do, right?"
2: Not a bad uh, role model, I, by the way. I mean, Lois Lane is definitely up there in like my favorite supporting characters in comics. So that's a that's <laughs> a good one.
0: Yeah, it was. It's actually very funny because uh, I've talked about this a little bit, but um, for a while, uh, for a few years there, my my wife was actually like a nerd journalist, like anime and gaming and everything. And I turned to her one day. And I was like did I marry Lois Lane? Does that make me Clark Kent? (laughs) I am Superman. (laughs) Of course, then, she just was like, stop, please, what
1: are you doing?
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, if it's anything, like, my wife, sometimes she'll say something and then not realize the animal that she just released, like, the tangent that Mm -hmm. I'm about to go on because of that, so yeah.
0: Oh, Um, yeah, like, we are both huge nerds, but like, she is uh, way more kind of, like, anime nerd. I mean, like, I'm an anime nerd, but, like, I'm a nerd about uh, about a whole bunch of other stuff that she's like. I don't care. <laughs> uh, she went through a week of tormenting me after I got the shattered glass job by insisting on calling Prowl Prawn because he's my favorite. Ah. So she was just like, "Is it? Are you talking about Prawn? Are, are you talking about that Pringles again? What's happening?" And I'm like, "I will
2: kill you." She was torturing uh, <laughs> you. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, that's uh, like, my wife is not into this stuff at all. She just is amazingly supportive of it. Um, but every once in a while something will come through that I, we've been, this September we we'll have been married, uh, 20 years. So the stuff creeps in, it has to, you know, like she's surrounded by it.
0: As, as me and my wife, actually, we, or oh, awesome. uh, how long we've been together. Yeah. Um, we actually got a picture from my, um, uh, from uh, like an aunt of mine uh, last week, that was literally like it had the date on it, so it was from 20 years ago. And I was like, doing the math of, cool, if she was at my house, that meant we were together for this long, and then we had like this many years we broke up but got back together, and like we're <laughs> we're rocking, you know, 20 years too.
2: That's um, awesome. That's awesome. And
0: I mean, we got together off of her getting me uh, into Gundam Wings. So,
2: gotcha. Okay, that's that's not a bad thing right there. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, we, uh, yeah, it's the one, one day we were going through a park and they were doing a, uh, theater in the park and the, the screen there said like Stark industries or something like that. And she's turned to me and she goes, <laughs> isn't that Iron Man's name? And I said, I have never loved you more than I do right now.
0: So, <laughs> uh, for me, that moment was when we went to see, when, uh, when we went to see the Captain America movie for the first time with a bunch of friends,
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, and, uh, when Bucky falls off, like, the train or whatever, yeah. and me and one of my friends lose it, we're so hyped. We, we start, like, hooting and hollering, and she just turns and very innocently goes, Isn't Bucky your favorite?
2: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: And I, and I went, I'll explain after the movie. We'll
2: talk later. We'll talk later. There's a whole thing around that.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: Very, very cool. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, so
0: we, we are, we are a nerd house, but she puts up with us some of my nerds. Um, she does not understand.
2: <laughs> yeah, like I said, in my house, it, there's a lot she does not understand, but like I said, she's, uh, extremely supportive. So I, I found a good one for that, yeah. uh, that fact alone. Um, so, so obviously, like you said, you, you, you wanted to go into writing what, so take me a little bit on the journey of like, what was the next step then? Like, was it, okay, I'm going to go to school for this, or I'm just going to get an internship or I'm going to just start writing and hope somebody notices. Like where, where did things go for you from there?
0: I mean, I've been, I, so it started out with prose. I've been writing prose for literally even longer than I can write. Like I would sit there with my mom's magazines and like the games I would play with myself would just be flipping through the magazines and telling stories with all the pictures. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, like, I did study some English and stuff, but I'm not quite sure when along the route. But once I realized... Somehow, I I always knew, like, it was just a fact that, like, fiction writers don't make money. Like, I was not one of those people <laughs> sitting there. Like, I'm gonna, you know, hit it big and, like, live off. I was just kind of accepted that, like, I was going to have to have, like, jobs to pull me through. Right. At a very young age. Um, so... I, you know, studied forensic psychology in college for a bit in par- and theater because I was like, I wanted to just study character, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, and those were more. in And I was like, not only could those lead to possible careers that I would enjoy, uh, but like it felt more useful at the time um, there. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of communal reframing of writing workshops and things like that yeah. uh, in the past few years, which are really great. But like at the time
2: that wasn't around back then, yeah, it
0: it wasn't. And like everything that I, I wrote was, did not really fit in there. And it was very, every time I went was very like training you to have like that literary voice. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, that's not me at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm like, I, I write when I'm not doing comics, I write horror, uh, okay. you know, um, but so when I, but it still wasn't comics for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, like I got back into comic reading, uh, in college because my mom refused to buy them for a long time as I got older because she's like, you read them too fast. I'm not giving you money for comics. <laughs> uh, so like I had gotten into books of magic as a kid. Cause it was like in the library.
1: Okay.
0: Um, uh, but, like, fell out of it in college. I got back into comics. Um, and when I needed a job, I started working uh, at a comic shop in New York, uh, which I ended up working at for, like, ten years. Okay. Uh, and even when I first started there, like, comic... I loved comics, but it didn't seem like a, like a real path, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not like, oh, who does that, but more so that, like, it didn't seem something that I, I saw like pathways of getting into so like it never it didn't occur to me for a long time that like no like if you sell comics that means people like make a career of it.
2: Right. Um, <laughs> Somebody has to be making these yeah. right. <laughs>
0: um and I was really fortunate when I started work there. Within the first six months uh I actually met Vita Ayala.
1: Oh okay. Um, yeah.
0: My best friend uh because true story wait we, we it's not true anymore but we uh we looked enough alike that people who saw us from a distance couldn't tell us apart back in the day <laughs> uh, which is really frustrating to us sure because i keep being missed when i she uh they also worked at forbidden planet right yeah so when i started working new customers would come in and for a moment be really confused because they were like i thought vita was up upstate in college and Vita was getting text messages like I thought you were upstate in college, like, <laughs> but I swear to God I just saw you, and so we were like prepared to hate each other because we kept hearing about the other. But sure. within two seconds, we hit it off. Like I'm saying, we met beginning of December, and I ended up like spending part of Christmas at their house. Like it was just kind of oh, this wow. instant like friendship.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and actually, during that that like Christmas, we came up with. The joke that eventually became quarter killer with Jamie Jones. Um,
1: okay.
0: Like, that's how far that, like, kind of uh, comes up.
1: Yeah,
0: um, wow. So, and then later on, uh Matt Rosenberg and, and Tyler Boss were working at Forbidden Planet with us. And as they started writing, like, comics professionally and getting into the industry, I just kind of sat and listened, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Uh, very much kind of absorbing that information um, until it just kind of became this thing that I would, like, go to conventions with Vita or, you know, things like that. And Vita and I always had a friendship where we would very much challenge each other to write. Um, and that's really, like, where that kind of came out of. uh
1: cool.
0: A lot of my, like, Queen of Bad Dreams was my first comic at vault, but like a lot of my, er- and that, you know, uh, I'm the only writer on that. Uh, yeah. but a lot of my early work is co-written with Vita because that's, that's a lot of what our friendship was. You I would say
2: that's your connection. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, we would just sit in the house and be like, what if we would be bored on a shift and come up with storylines, you know? So it, it was very natural. Yeah. Uh, um, and then... Comics just kept making more and more sense, I guess, with like every
1: issue. <laughs> like, I'm
0: still doing prose, um, you know, short stories, working sure. on larger pieces. Um, but as of right now, like, comics is how I pay the bills, and that's really dope.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, a, yeah. How many people get to say that? You know, it's, it, yeah. It, it it really is a, as many creators as there are in comics nowadays, which is awesome. I've often said, like, I really feel like now is a, a new golden age of comics because there is literally anything you can imagine that you might be into. There's a comic for it, if not 10. Yep. Um But even with as many creators as there are out there, there is not a lot. Of, that's still a very small percentage of the population that get to do that for their career. And that's an amazing thing and it's an awesome thing because you're getting to do what everyone dreams, which is take something you love doing and make it your career. So... Perfect. Yeah,
0: you know, it's also I'm like a person who really likes learning on every project. So every time I get to do something new or weird, like I not only get to like write in like licensed universes that are my dream, but I get to work with these, you know, editors and and franchises uh, that that it's all so different, you know, and yeah. you approach all of them in different ways. And I feel like I learn a lot on every one.
2: Yeah. Well, and one of the things I saw, speaking of franchises that you got to work on, one of the things I saw, uh, was that you, this isn't your, obviously not your first rodeo when it comes to working with a licensed property of sorts. Uh, I saw that you worked on James Bond at yeah,
0: one point. Yeah. That was actually my, my first license, uh, with Vita. Yeah. Uh, um, and that was just, it's the sort of moment where like that is like so bucket list that you're like, it's never going to happen. <laughs> right. And then it's real and you know, like you're, you're sending out ideas and you're getting an email back. Like that's amazing. Like let's do it. And I'm like, are you
2: you're uh, sure? You sure? Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Like that's kind of like how my email feels like every day. I'm like literally sitting there like, so I did this thing and I have no clue how it's going to go, but like, <laughs> it would be fun for me to write. So I'm just going to write it. Um, and worst case scenario, they say, can you do something else? But I would rather be told, can we do something else that have, that have never suggested like the crazy thing, you know? Yeah. So like with James Bond, it was very much me going, I want to write someplace where he feels like he would belong, but he like resents it.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and for me, that was like the art world, you know? Um, he he would look, you know, like he, like he belonged or whatever, but it's, it's a world that he doesn't really have patience for.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and, and, you know, like I got to work with some really amazing artists on that as well who, uh, well, and just I had gorgeous pages.
2: Oh yeah. Well, and I would imagine too. Um, and the funny thing is I read that and didn't, it's one of those things like sometimes creators click for me and then sometimes it, I'll, click with that creator later and, yeah, then, and yeah. then you go back and go, Oh my God, they also wrote this thing that I liked before. So I have read that James Bond. I love
1: when that happens.
2: Yeah. I did. I did read that James Bond and did not know that you wrote it until I was like, Oh, I'm going to be interviewing <laughs> Danny. <laughs> and like, Oh
0: my gosh, that's let, so much fun.
2: Yeah. It's, it's such a blast. Um, and I would imagine too, like, especially a character like that. and And you talking about like kind of where you were taking the story and everything else. Like, with your background interest with, you know, psychology and stuff like that, which by the way, that, that's what my degree is in, is it's in psychology. I know you were looking at forensic psychology, but I went traditional, normal psychology, I, I guess.
0: psychology because I wanted to be special. <laughs> uh, actually, for a, a short period of time, uh, I thought that my route was going to be, um, occupational psychology or like organizational, like with a focus on, um, police psychology.
1: Okay.
0: Because, uh, I, I wanted at the time I thought that the route to fixing the world was like studying burnout and Hmm. understanding what causes it and how to like prevent it. Yeah. Uh, My thoughts have changed since then about like policing, but like that was really like my thought process. Yeah. Uh, and why I chose forensics as opposed to like something else.
2: Yeah. Well, and I imagine that interest had to be extremely helpful with a, a character like James Bond. There's, oh, yes. there's a lot there.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, it was kind of a combination of that. And as with many of my, uh, I guess, quote, funner stories, uh, as in like a little more light-hearted in some way, um, yeah. Uh, I am obsessed with shows like Leverage and White, White, uh, Collar and like, like Psych, those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff with like verbal sleight of hand. Yes. Uh, and so getting to do both that and like the combat with James Bond in kind of like equal parts. Yeah. Is really fun. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and plus, I always really enjoy characters with ego and swagger, and there is no character <laughs> with as much ego or swagger.
2: Oh yeah, no, for sure. my My father-in-law uh likes to get into uh, debates uh, and play devil's advocate often with with my wife, and he calls it he refers to it as verbal gladiating. <laughs> um, so uh, I definitely have an appreciation for what you're talking about there, where you get to play with the action and all, and all that's a lot of fun and a blast. But you also get to have those the characters having those either deep thoughts themselves with with themselves, or they get to have that that play with with other characters, where you know, like you said, they're trying to like one up each other, they're trying to outsmart each other, things like that. So it's a lot of fun. Um, so we're going to zoom ahead to what you have coming up because that's, that star Joe's is, you know, 1980s stuff. Uh, so I, I really want to like, I know you can't reveal too much cause it's not out yet and everything And that's fine. Um, but I, I want to definitely talk about like transformer shattered glass. First off of the obvious question is how did this happen? Like, how did you get tapped or did you ask for this? Did you beg somebody for this? Like, (laughs)
0: Uh, so I don't know. For so like, I worked with. So the editors on this, uh, David and Riley are great. Um, and I was actually working uh with Riley on, on a short uh which uh has been announced. So I can say it uh, uh for uh the Star Wars uh minis. Yes. Like are the like the backups for the Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had already kind of been in conversation uh with with Riley. Um and the thing about working on Star Wars is that sometimes you do a bunch of pitches and some of them don't work. Right. Not because they're bad, but just because like there's so much stuff to fit into the universe. Yes. And like you don't you don't know, right? Yeah. Uh but when you're working with editors, sometimes that works to your advantage, not because it's like, oh, let's use that idea somewhere else. It wasn't that, but yeah. rather that they kind of see how your mind works.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and so that in combination with, you know, like with, frankly, I had become like a uh, big obsessed with, uh, transformers, uh, in the past couple of years or like a resurgence, I guess. Yeah. Cause I had, you know, grown up loving them, you know, like a full emotional reaction. Anytime I hear Optimus Prime's voice.
2: Oh yeah. Um, That's hard not to do.
0: <laughs> right. You know, um, but for a few years there, uh, two of my very good friends had been insisting, like, you need to read the face to you stuff. Like it's very up your alley. Like read last Stand of the records. You're going to just fall out. Like yeah. it is everything that you know and love. Yeah. And I was like, okay, sure. Um, and I didn't listen and that's on me because then I finally one day was like, okay, fine, tell me where to start. And both friends recommended the exact same thing and handed me last stand of the wreckers. And I sat and read it and it wrecked me. <laughs> like yeah. I was just like within the first couple of pages, I was like messaging them and I was like, Oh, oh, yeah. like you meant like for me, for me. <laughs> uh, you mean like. Crowell is wrong everywhere, and there's nothing that I love more than a character who's really smart and really wrong. <laughs> uh, see my love of John Constantine. Uh, very nice. Um, but just if they're smart, wrong, and very confident they're right, I'm like, yes, please, more of that. Uh, well, so they, did some,
2: they did some really creative things with Last Stand of the Wreckers. That, that was amazing. Like, one of the things that just killed me and I loved every bit of it was when I was a kid, I had Perceptor as a toy oh, yeah. and I, I always used him as my sniper. And then to see that they actually did that in last stand of the wreckers, I was like, finally someone grew up with the same mental mentality as I did, which is if he is a, if he has that periscope, he's going to use it to help shoot targets far away. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I've got, I've got a big, sci-fi like soft spot i guess or like a uh i am emotionally drawn to trauma stories Mm. in a really big way and last stand of the Wreckers, i think is a particularly brilliant trauma story yeah both in all the characters coming into it with trauma and also the creation of trauma throughout it oh yeah Uh, you know that's one of the reasons I love Prowl. His story is so deeply, you know, like especially in Phase Two, where he's going from, you know, that moment in the flashback with Chrome where he's like, "I can't, I've never shot, uh, fired a shot before," to who he is now, you yes. know.
1: Yeah.
0: And that is that is a series of traumas, you know, when you get from that to when he, you know, was reunited with with uh, Sam, you know, mm-hmm. and and so that I got into a phase two and I was like, no one told me that this was a post-war political story. And <laughs> if you guys had just told me that, I simply would have read this from the beginning. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, I just kind of became obsessed and was just passionately like hollering about it online, I guess. Uh, uh, and since, and so, you know, Riley and David kind of already knew that I, I loved Transformers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they reached out with, to me and was like, Hey, if you have time, do you want to do this? And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> is this a joke?
2: Like we were talking about earlier, you, you just can't believe the email sometimes that you, know? you get. <laughs> uh,
0: and then, you know, I was kind of, you know, asking questions about like, what I had to hold to and they gave me just an unbelievable amount of freedom, you know, like it's, yeah. it's, you know, a weird, like shattered glass is a weird space because like technically it has existed, but like consistency there's, and amount of, you know, Canon is, is pretty uh, vague. It's uh, pretty actually, thin. Really, yeah.
2: There's not a lot. Yeah. There's not a lot out there. Um, I know fun, uh, I know fun pub did one issue and then there's been, you know, s- some other stuff out there, but there's really not a lot. So it's, it's a nice free, Playground for you to really explore.
0: Yeah. And then, and it's so wild to me because had someone asked me a year before that, like I remember literally telling people, like, I would have no clue how to, like, I love Transformers, but I don't know where, how to start it, like, how I would even conceive of a story, right? Like, it just seemed such a different arena for me that I was like, I don't know. But when I got that email, I came up with the plot within 30 minutes, like, not not like the details, obviously, but I, I remember distinctly getting that email and agreeing to do it, and then within 30 minutes reaching out and being like, what if we do this? Yeah. Like, I literally stayed up all night because of just the concept of being able to play in this world yeah. was, like, inspiring, like, back when I was a kid. Um, I kind of described it to my wife, like, when I was younger, I wrote a lot of fan fiction, Most of it was terrible, but I didn't have, I, I didn't have imposter syndrome about it. Right. It was just fun. And whenever I am working on shattered glass, that's what it is.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, like I was just within 24 hours, I had the broad strokes of, you know, the whole five issue arc because it was, it came so naturally, you know, uh, and I, I don't know, and I've never, and that's not to say that, like, it was rushed, you know, like, we obviously wouldn't.
2: No, minutes. you're just excited, and it's just, the ideas yeah. just start pouring out of you, yeah. No, I totally and, get that.
0: And I am a writer who, my normal cycle is I spend at least a day convinced that I can't do it. Like, I say yes, and then I try to sit down from the computer and then I panic. I'm like, I can't do, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I have no more ideas. There are no more ideas inside my head. I that's, the,
2: that's the imposter that's syndrome coming through right there, just yeah, for a yeah. short period of time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just like, and I normally just have a day or so of that in my head. And then after like, it actually sits for a minute, then like an idea comes. Mm-hmm. But like, it hasn't been that way with this, but like in like the most freeing, exciting way. And
2: that's awesome.
0: IDW and Hasbro too have been so wildly supportive. That's awesome. You know, like it, I just keep having moments where I'm like, they can't possibly say yes to this. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm being completely buck wild and off the wall, and then they're just like, "Yep, do it." You know, like maybe just change this name because technically you know this or you know whatever but like they but like hasbro has been really really like just supportive of what i'm working on
2: that's awesome that and i've heard that with hasbro like i obviously i've had creators on that have done various uh properties for idw that involved hasbro and everything else um it's and they all have pretty much told me the same things, which is just, that's refreshing. Like, it's nice to hear that they let you be a creator and create something and play in their sandbox, because it is their sandbox. Um, but they, it's basically, and here's our sandbox, do what, create whatever you want with it, so.
0: Yeah, because, like, at this point, you know, like, I'm aware to, like, as long as the feedback coming back doesn't feel like I want to go, well, why did you hire me then? Because <laughs> you knew who I was when I started. Like, I don't get upset if they're like, oh, you can't do this, right? Yeah. Even if they don't explain the exact reason, because they're not my toys, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, you know, if I was to borrow, you know, like a jacket from someone to wear for a party, I'm not going to be mad if they're like, cool, you have to hang it like this, when you're not wearing it and also don't wear it to lunch the next day. Like (laughs) it's not mine. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, And I kind of feel that way, but you know, and I don't get mad, you know, I actually kind of, I actually kind of sometimes enjoy it because it feels like a puzzle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Trying to figure out how you can
2: piece this together. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're like, Oh, okay. These are my guidelines. What can I do inside of these? You know?
2: And that's oh. that's something that I've always, and I, I very much appreciate hearing that from you because I, I've i heard, and we all have, you know, you hear writers that say, like, um, I didn't want to be part of this crossover or part of this title or something like that because it wasn't letting me tell the story that I wanted to tell. Instead of seeing it as, okay, here's the guidelines, how do I make this fit in the story that I want to tell and make it work? And it sounds like you were given some guidelines of, like, Here's here's where we want you to stay within. And you're like, OK, that gives me the place to know where I can take the story that I want to tell.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like like I said, there's a, a legitimate moment where sometimes you get notes back. Sure. Or a project doesn't work out because you get notes back and you're like, cool. Uh, every sample I sent you and everything about my work. Why would you think that that's a good idea? for me to do? <laughs> right. You know, like so like. Sometimes with crossovers, I'm like, oh, that, that, that team got like screwed because obviously roping them into that like conflicts with, you know, the story they wanted to tell. But other times, other times it's fun to try to make it work, you know? Yeah, Um, for sure. You know, like for example, when Vita and I did Iron Heart 2020, you know, like we're part of this larger event, but it's still really fun to be like, so how do we tell a story about Riri here? Yeah. You know, like, like what, what parts of the event do you focus on? How do you play, play with that? How does this exist in that world?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I saw on here, you're getting to work with uh, Guido Guidi. um, Yes. Which who is, I, oh my God, that's definitely an artist that I've like, is on my list of people I would love to work with at some point. Um, when
0: I opened my first pages, I think I screamed. <laughs> like, I just, you know those moments where like, it's like I wrote, one of the, the things that make a difference for me with the, whether something's gonna be comic or prose
1: mm-hmm.
0: is whether or not I think that uh, whether I think collaboration would do like the best work. Right. And yeah. with, with Transformers work, like that's just such a strong example, right? Like yeah. I write a script and I, you know, try my best to describe the world and then I get pages back and it is more what I imagined than anything I could have put in the, on the page or it's even better. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. That's something I was asked recently. Um, I had somebody that asked like, how does the whole process work? For you, and I was like, I like you said, I try to write as much as I can to describe the world, but then the artists, if you know, if it, if it, like you said, if it's a true collaboration, and everything else, they come back and give me something more than what I thought I actually was picturing in my head, like even better than how I pictured it in my head. And, and you're just like, yeah. you're just awestruck, you're like, oh my god, like something I wrote made you think this. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and like my logic to script writing has always been I can't draw. <laughs> I know that when I sit down. <laughs> so whatever I write, there's always a chance that I'm wrong.
1: Right. You yeah. know? Yeah, like yeah. In
0: terms of whether something's physically possible or whether that's the best way of doing it. You know, like if I have an idea for like the way the panels look or something, I'll put it in. But like I am that I'm a person who always adds or you can ignore all of this. Yes. If, as you know, as long as this person gets their leg broken on page three. Yes. And I'll make it work because yeah. you are the person who can do art. Yeah. And you guys are all storytellers.
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah, as uh, listeners on here know, uh, I've I have ventured into comic creating myself, and so I've done my first self published work, and I'm working with my artist and in my script, it literally will say like, it'll say something like six panels for this page, but then I put in there, or if you think it needs to be less or more, please feel free to do so. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, and so going into, uh, I'm going to read the, um, the little blurb that I have here about shattered glass. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I, it, well, I'll ask you the question after I re- read it. Cause it, the, 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 the What it says here got me so excited to read this. Uh, So it says, Shattered Glass isn't your average Transformers tale. Shards is the story of the ongoing battle between the power-hungry Autobot autocrats and the freedom-fighting Decepticon laborers. Uh, In issue one, many kilocycles after the Cybertronian War has destroyed Earth, Blur, an evil Autobot seeker hunts his newest bounty who holds a piece of information that could reignite the war. Just reading that, like, every time I've read it has given me chills for what to expect with this title. No pressure.
0: <laughs> I'm so excited.
2: <laughs> um, now, do you, because I'm not sure, do you write that yourself or does somebody else write that as far as... The...
0: Uh, so I think that was probably David O'Reilly, but that is... Virtually the pitch.
2: Gotcha.
1: <laughs>
0: um, like so, I didn't do the exact wording, sure. but like it is, it is very accurate to what's happening. Um,
2: like I love already. Like it's all we already know. We're in a flipped world because you have Blur being a Seeker, which was obviously always a Decepticon. Uh, to be fair,
0: to uh, to be fair, it is a Decepticon Seeker.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, we uh, where Seeker is a term for what he's doing. Right. Like uh. The the Seekers are still Seekers. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, Actually, I I don't think that this is too big of a spoiler. Okay. Uh, The term uh, that Blur, uh, that is used to describe Blur's job is actually a body scraper. Okay. Scrapper. Um, You know, a a little bit of a a play on uh, where he's been elsewhere.
2: Sure, sure. So um, what you can tell, what what can people kind of expect from this? Like what type of tale are you weaving for people with this?
0: Um. So I think a, a lot of the base world uh, inspiration for me was a uh, very Mad Maxian. Okay. Uh,
2: Not a bad place it, to be. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, kind of in part because one of like the big moments that cemented me as a fan was when you start phase two and you just have that, like, Cybertron itself has gone feral. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to do exactly that, but like, that kind of Cybertron and Cybertronians as feral <laughs> uh, were right. kind of uh, a, a big inspiration there.
2: Yeah, and you don't want this, and you, you don't want the world to just be like a bizarro world where everything's just exactly the opposite of what the world we know. It should be its own world it should be its own universe that develops it's just yes yeah. there are some opposites but it's not that's not everything about this world
0: yeah i mean like kind of and this isn't just for transformers but like this was kind of uh my long standing theory about alternate universes and how i at least approach them mm-hmm. is to really think about the various things i love uh about a character uh and kind of go both what has to be the same, no matter what, like what has to always be true. Um, and then what is one thing about them that you twist? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So either an iconic personality trait, like what would it look like if this character is the same as they were, but with this one personality trait changed nice. or this one, this one element about their circumstances changed. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And for me, I do that, like, when I sat there and decided, you know, like, each of these, you know, is obviously with with a toy. So, like, looking at each of those, but, sure. like, I got really lucky, and all of the toys are for my favorites. <laughs> I was literally like, wait, you're seriously going to let me write these characters? Okay. <laughs> um, it was just, like, a list of, like... Most of my favorites it was it was nice. such a fortunate moment um, but also just uh going through the characters that I wanted to have in it, and I literally sat with a pen with like a couple of colors of pens and just sat there and figured out what aspect of them was going to be flipped yeah, before I even got into like the details of the story.
2: That's awesome.
1: Uh,
0: Because I think that you can't do the details until you figure out.
2: Until you flesh out the characters. Yeah. You're
0: right. But then I also think that that's important with an alternate universe because it's about expectations, right? Right. Like, you want circumstances to be changed. You want elements of the character to be changed. But you still want to see the character that you came here for,
2: you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You still want those elements to be there, like... Optimus can still be that, that leader, but there, there's gotta be something, like you said, circumstances or a trait that changed or something like that, that makes him not the leader that we know in the standard universe, but still makes him that same character in this universe. Even yeah. if he's not the leader, but he should still have those qualities of that same character. Yeah. Totally.
0: Yeah. Like I, like you don't want to read it and not hear those characters' voices anymore.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Um, and, like, this may just be, like, my hill to die on, because, like I said, I used to be, like, I grew up in my teenage years a, a heavy fanfic person.
1: Sure.
0: Uh, and that was, like, my big pet peeve. I'd get really excited for an alternate universe fit, Read it and be like, well, then what was the point of even calling these characters by that
2: Right. Like... <laughs> Oh, we see that a lot. I mean, we we see that often where people are doing alternate and they change the character so much that it's like you didn't really have to even call it that. We see it in movies. We see it in everything where it's like you didn't have to call it by that title. You could have actually just – I can't think of a good example, but I know there was a movie recently where I was like I watched it and I go, okay, it's kind of that in name only, but you could have actually just had a really cool movie and not had put that name attached to it. So
0: Right, you know, and – I don't want anyone to read Shattered Glass and have the feeling of, did Danny just pull an old, like, pitch out that didn't get picked (laughs) up somewhere else? Like, no, I want it to feel like a fully immersive Transformers world. You know, it's just one where different decisions were made.
2: Sure. And let's hope it's a, let's hope it's a launching point that if you did your job that people are excited about it and go, okay, I want more from this world. Like I really want to know more of what's going on. So,
0: yeah. Like, and like that, that's what excites me, you know, like yeah. as, as a, crea- as a creator, you yeah. know, um, yeah. because I have always been that kind of fan, you know? Yeah. Um, the Um You know, like the transformer, I have a couple of friends who are very active in the transformers fandom. And I'm like, I remember what it was like to be very active in a fandom in a really positive and fun way. And yeah. I, I hope that, you know, people enjoy what I do and they're, they're encouraged by it, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing there there's, as you know, there's a, there's a lot of fandom tearing, tearing fandoms down. stuff like that to the point where people are like, are you even a fan still anymore? So I, and that's one thing that, you know, this podcast has always been is like, it's okay to say you don't like something, but it's not okay to just completely constantly tear down every bit of everything and focus on that. Like, fine. Say you don't like something, but let's move on to the things that we do love and the things we do like and everything else. So, um, so I
0: also think like, it's always, it's interesting to me because like, like if you look at almost anything I write, uh, I, I, I think it's pretty obvious I've got a pretty strong like social justice bent either to my prose or my,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, comics. And for me, I, there are so many valid reasons to critique media, mm-hmm. uh, in the ways that they can be harmful, in the ways that we can do better that I'm like, I would rather have constructive critique yeah. that end up spiraling into I just hate it and I think that there's a difference between that
1: yeah
0: uh but I think that it is very easy when social media gets involved to not be able to tell the line between it
1: yeah I agree Uh,
0: um, and also just like and for some people there are some people who do genuinely get joy out of hating on things one of my good friends you know, like, I'm just like, oh, he's hating on something, you know, yeah. like he must be in his happy, happy place or whatever. But I'm just like, for me, I fixate real easily and it destroys my mood. And then yeah. my wife has to take away my phone. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just to, just so I calm down.
2: Yeah. And I will, I'll never understand that men the mentality of, you know, that's the classic Batman line of like, some people just want to see the world burn, um. I'll never understand that mentality. Like, I go into everything hoping I'm going to love it. (laughs) And, and it's, it doesn't always happen, but it, but I go in with that expectation. Um, so, uh, and, and you have to also know what you're going in to see. So, like, if you're going to watch a B grade movie, don't expect, like, don't tear it apart because it's a B grade movie. You went into it knowing it was going to be a B grade movie. (laughs) So. Yeah.
0: And also, like, for me, like, I am entirely sometimes a spite writer. I have written some really great things because I've watched or read something that like pissed me off. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it was Queen of Bad Dreams was in part inspired by being by like as much as I love the James Bond films, films watching Skyfall and realizing they knocked the love interest out twice in one fight. I <laughs> uh, am like that one. And then another another thing, you know.
2: Well, so like you I said, was, though there's there's th- that that's a critique, though too yeah. for me. Like it, there's a difference between a critique and just tearing something apart. Like it, yeah, like yeah, no. absolutely. But my
0: logic is is also like if I am sometimes I get on like a like a spite you know MSTing like role or whatever, and what I try to do if I am being too joyful in that is I just kind of keep it to myself and my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh huh, like, or, you know, like, maybe it's on my timeline, but, you know, like, I I do my best to kind of navigate how many of my friends are genuinely enjoying the thing. Right. Uh, and, cause I like plenty of stuff that isn't perfect, that's super problematic.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we all do. <laughs> you know, I, I can, you
0: know, like, I've, I've lost count of the number of times I've read Fight Club. I have no right to, you know, like I, I have the, I own the first two seasons of Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda. I have no right to like (laughs) anyone's vibe on anything ever.
2: Well, that's like, I'll I'll give you a good example for me. Like I always, I've, I've really grown into, I shouldn't say I always have been this way. I've really grown into you like what you like and, and, and that's it. And, I do not want to harsh anyone else's things that they like, even though I might not like it. And uh, the perfect example for me was I had a friend that was very excited. She wanted me to read the book because she knew I liked supernatural stuff. She knew I liked horror stuff and everything else. So she handed me Twilight. Mm-hmm. And I tried reading it. because she's. Like, and this was before we knew what Twilight was. So... Um, so it wasn't the big hype thing. It was the, like, it was the latest hot book. And I was like, and she's like, you like vampires. You'll like this. I started reading it really just personally didn't care for it. Um, so I gave it back to her. Like I think after two days and she goes, did you finish it that quickly? I was like, it's not really for me, but I did not want to harsh cause she was super excited for it. Like, so that's great. Never watched any of the movies. And I was like, well, I really shouldn't say I don't like Twilight if I don't at least try to watch one of the movies because the movies can be very different from the book even though I didn't really care for what I was reading. Maybe I yeah. might like the movie. Watch the first movie. Admittedly, I will never get those hours back in my life. <laughs> but I tried. I, mean,
0: I, I, I enjoyed tried. watching them because yes. I could not stand them. But I
2: also <laughs> well, there's movies also, like that too. I can totally appreciate that. <laughs>
0: I'm also not going to go to somebody who enjoys them and and like yes. try to it's them not to.
2: Absolutely. Exactly. Like Like, like, if you love them, that's great. I just didn't like, it just didn't work for me. And that's kind of how I look at it. I go, it didn't work for me. I tried. I willingly went into it going, I'm going to try to like this. And I tried watching it and I was like, nope, just not for me, but anyone else that's super excited about it. Fantastic. Because that's something you love. And I'm not going to, like you said, I'm not going to try to convince you differently of that. So,
0: uh, the one delightful twist on that is one of the things that got me and my wife through uh, quarantine
1: mm-hmm.
0: is I finally caved because she had been trying to get me to read uh, anything by uh, Lois uh, McMaster Bujold for like years because uh, the her Costigan series is her all time favorite. So I finally was like, all right, I'll let you read. And, and like, she was like... I would read them out loud to you at this point, And I was like, I've been telling you for years that if you read them out loud to me, I would sit and listen. She was like, really? So like, we, we've been going through the Bujol books. And one of the nice things uh, in particular is uh, she likes when I rant, rant about craft and plot a lot. So like, I, uh, so like, we are both enjoying the experience, but, I will stop her midline for a half an hour ranting about why the hell did they decide this was a good idea because you know, the books were written in the nineties. And yeah. sometimes when you read books that were written in the nineties, now you're like, Oh God,
2: they don't click as well. And, yeah.
0: <laughs> and she's like, you're not wrong. I still love this book. And I'm like, no, no. For most of these books, I love it. That doesn't mean I'm not going to lose my mind. Right. Um, you know, but then when it got to the point where like for just one book, in the series, I was like, let's skip to the next one because like that one in particular, I realized like I was not having fun ranting anymore. I was just like, this is just not fun. Yeah. And rather than like her inflicting my like being really upset yeah. about it at her, yeah. like I was just going to like be like, no, let's move on. Cause I don't want to make you upset about your favorite books.
2: Yeah. Well, that my, not a big shocker at all based on the name of the show, I am a huge Star Wars fan. Like Star Wars is the number one yes. thing for me of any media whatsoever. That is my ultimate favorite thing. My wife had never seen any of the movies. Um, <laughs> so she said to me one day, I want to watch Star Wars, which of course made me like lose my mind. Um, and she's like, these movies mean so much to you, I feel like I should at least see them. Mm-hmm. So we sat down, we watched a new hope and I did play the special edition version for her. Cause I figured it might entertain her more with the extra CG stuff being in there and everything else. We finished watching it and I said, so what did you think? And she goes, I liked it, but it was the tone of, I liked it, but I don't need to see any of the other ones. <laughs> and that's <Yeah>. totally fine. <laughs> I was like, you at least tried to watch one of them and you enjoyed it enough that you liked watching it, but you're like, I'm done. <laughs>
0: that's, yeah, that's kind of like, Natalie has watched most of the, you know, Star Wars uh, with me. Um, and, you know, but she's not, like, she's not into it. Yeah. So, literally, this, this is the moment of true love, and you, as a Star Wars fan, will understand this. Yeah. The other day, she told me, for your birthday, which is next week, I will watch... Clone Wars with you,
1: like uh, the series. Yeah.
0: If, if you promise not to lollygag and not like stop, you know, like watching for like a couple of weeks and then hopping back on, if we watch it like regular, at a regular pace, I will watch Clone Wars with you. Wow. And I went, are, are you serious? She was <laughs> like, yes, that's your birthday present. And I,
2: that's amazing. That's awesome. I'm actually in I'm the like, middle, yeah. I'm in the middle of a rewatch of that right now. So yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah,
0: cause I've been like, slowly making my way through the animateds because, you know, like, it's not really her thing and sure. I'm a TV control freak, so <laughs> she already never gets to watch anything that I don't want to watch, so I've been like no, I'm not going to inflict all the Star Wars <laughs> cartoons <laughs> on her um, I'll just inflict Let's Plays car uh, Let's Plays on YouTube nice. um, but yeah, so
2: very cool that's awesome.
0: I absolutely understand. Uh, and I'm sure you understand how important this watching clone Wars thing is.
2: Oh yeah, no, for sure. I did. Uh, th- that's, that's a commitment right there. So <laughs> for sure,
0: I'm going to be very kind to her because, uh, I'm not going to make her watch the first two seasons because, uh, like
2: those I, are the tougher ones. Yeah.
0: Well, it's also cause I've watched that stuff, uh, recently enough that, gotcha. uh, I don't need to watch it to like know what's happening.
2: Yeah, gotcha.
0: Um so I'm like I will just I will just throw her in where I'm at. It's not like any of the cartoons start anything but like mid story anyway. Right. Right. Which I love, but she would be she's going to be confused no matter what I do.
2: Yeah, I'm watching. So obviously, I watched it when it all came out, but I'm now watching it in there's the chronological order that they have. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing that now. That's my rewatch is watching in the chronological order. So, um, which isn't too bad because there's only a few places where you have to skip around a little bit.
0: Weirdly enough, she loves The Mandalorian though.
2: So oh, that's good.
0: We're watching that.
2: That's, Uh, that's hard not to love. So (laughs) I know someone that Um, knows nothing about star Wars and she loved that. So
0: (laughs) I mean, little baby Yoda is an instant sell for her. And I'm like, Oh, awkward found family, dad. This is every video game I play. (laughs)
2: Nice. All right. So, uh, I warned you in advance. We're going to go into the firing range, uh, for anyone that is a new listener. Uh, these are 10 questions. Uh, they potentially are rapid fire. They're typically this or that or like a one word answer. However, as we have discussed, and I always let uh, any guests know, do not feel like you're boxed in. So even if I give you one or the other, do not feel like you have to uh, stick with either of those answers. You could go completely off the board and give any answer that you want. So. Um, and I try to tailor these questions to the guest, uh, although there are some questions that are just debates that have come up on the show, so we, we throw them out there for you. The firing rain. Ah! So the first one that I want to throw out, and I'm going to say this question is more for when you were uh, an avid comic book reader and not so much a creator, because I don't want you to lift, miss any work by picking one of these over the other, but I will say Marvel or DC.
0: Oh, um, as an overall world DC, but there are probably a couple of characters that eke out everyone who isn't John Constantine. Okay.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. I am actually in the middle of reading Hellblazer, which, uh, don't shoot me, but I have never read Hellblazer before.
1: Oh, so. I know.
0: Do- I'm of the strong belief uh, and this might be from being like a queer person who worked in like a comic shop for decades is that I can't be mad at people for not having read something yet <laughs> because my logic is that just means you get to read it. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, I'm in, I'm, I got the DC infinite app. It's on there. I am. Oh, I'm, nice. I'm a few issues into it. Loving it. I love the character. I've, I've read the character and other things, but I knew that hellblazer was the thing I need to read. So I'm in the middle of that now. So,
0: yeah, every so often I do in fact reread all 300 issues from the beginning. Oh wow. Uh, I, there was a point in my life that I could just like literally recite his background. I, I had That's all awesome. time
2: favorite. Very, very cool. Um, very appropriate and we're going to stick with this being the normal universe. Uh, Autobot or Decepticon?
0: Oh, I'm an Autobot. I am such a freaking Autobot. Uh, if you're talking about liking, it's probably Decepticons. But, like, I am an Autobot. Like, I am such a goody-two-shoes. It's nice. disgusting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so uh, this was something that came up recently as an idea for, for the Firing Range. It seems like, in especially in the 80s, but even now... You always had characters or toys or anything like that were, that were either ice and snow based or fire based. So ice or fire? Fire. Okay. Uh, this one definitely tailored towards you. Your favorite bond?
0: Dalton or Craig?
2: Okay. Good.
0: I, I will die on the hill of Dalton was better than the movie, uh, and des- deserved more time.
2: I well. I don't don't know if I can actually say that any Bond was bad. So yeah,
0: uh, I really uh, also, um, I once read this great article that pointed out that like Dalton's Bond is basically the prototype for Daniel Craig's. Oh, nice. It's that like made the argument that it's the first time you kind of see him a bit rougher around the edges, and that. If we had that, that version of Bond, mm-hmm. uh, just like a decade and a half later, that it, that like, you know, issues with the specific, you know, licensing stuff aside, sure. uh, that he probably would have been received much better. Okay. Uh, that part of the issue is that that interpretation was just not at the right time. Right time. Uh,
2: which he, happens many times. So. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: And you know, like I, I read it and I was like, you know what? I think you're right.
2: Uh, standard universe or alternate reality?
0: If I can always make a werewolf AU of anything, I'm going to make a werewolf AU of anything.
2: So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um,
0: that was actually, like, my thing in fandom for a really long time. Anyone who, like, knew me knew that I had fallen in love with a character if I wrote a story in which they were a werewolf.
2: I am, uh, in in... Myth- supernatural and mythology stuff werewolves are my favorite so uh, same so I I've written my share of werewolf stories so I totally understand um, I actually have a very big book that is the encyclopedia of werewolves so oh
0: I have that one too
2: yeah love it it's awesome um, outside of transformers what is your favorite robot licensed property Gundam I had a a feeling that that's what it was based on your Instagram (laughs) dose. (laughs) Yeah, uh,
0: I'm a huge Gundam nerd. Uh, Again, it's in particular war stories um, appeal to me and their handling of trauma. Uh, But Gundam Wing and uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans in particular are just such amazing stories to
1: me.
2: Very cool. Very cool. Uh, This one's a tough question uh, for some people. Um, All-time favorite cartoon?
0: Ah. (laughs) Ah. that's so difficult.
2: Some people it's difficult. Some people it's not. You don't have to give just one answer either.
0: (laughs) Okay. Now I am saying this with a caveat that I am a person who, with a few exceptions uh, in media, my answers for favorites tend to change a lot.
2: Understandable.
0: Um, Anime, uh, either Megalobox or Mob Psycho uh, 100. I think that those are brilliant modern pieces okay. uh, that I'm very obsessed with. If we're going older, Perfect Blue um, is such an amazing, creepy, terrifying movie. Uh, for more Western stuff, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven
1: okay.
0: <laughs> is one of my all-time favorites because I have a very definite character type. uh um, that's what I can think of right now. I'm okay. sure I'm missing like a hundred.
2: That's, uh, that's quite all right. I understand. Cause I, I have many things where I'm like, uh, yeah, ask me today and then ask me tomorrow. You'll probably have different answers. So, um.
0: yeah, I mean, I'm, it's not over yet. So I can't quite say that the Cybertron stuff is, is my favorite yet, but like, I'm really loving, I yeah. really love some of the stuff they're doing in that one. Agreed. Um, I think the writing is just so, so good.
2: This, uh, this one has almost left our top ten because the answer is almost always the same, but I still feel compelled to ask it because every time I think a person's gonna answer one thing, they answer, that person ends up answering the other. So I'm gonna say R2D2 or C3PO.
1: Hmm.
0: That is actually difficult for me. Uh, oh, boy. So I'm going to have to say, I think... Actually, you know, I'm going to go with C-3PO.
2: Okay.
1: Um,
2: and that's why it stays on the list, because every once in a while someone says C-3PO. Almost everybody says RTD2, and then someone comes out and says, I'm going to say C-3PO, and I'm like... Alright.
0: <laughs> and I think in part uh, that it's because see, uh, so R2-D2 um, is amazing but you need context for R2-D2 to
1: be amazing.
0: <laughs> Understandable. So like R2-D2 is amazing for what's he brings to like another scene, right? Like yeah. to other characters and how they interact, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like you can do a bunch with C3PO just as just alone. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that you can't necessarily do do it the same without like extended con- uh context. That said, yeah. the actual Correct answer is HK forty seven, <laughs> uh, and that's the only answer.
2: <laughs> Fair. Uh, I think I know the answer to this based on our conversation, but I could be wrong. Uh, favorite favorite Shattered Glass Transformer character.
0: Oh, oh boy. Um Starscream.
1: Okay.
0: Uh so like as much as like like my top two alternate between Prowl and Starscream, okay. like as characters de- uh, and Chrome. I'm a big Chrome Dome fan. Okay. Those are probably my top three that alternate depending on the day. But I'm just a Starscream fan, like from from everything from the voice to every wrong decision he
2: makes. <laughs> well, you said He's you do so like those smart. types of characters. So. He's
0: so smart and so dumb. Yes. Uh, and that means a lot to me. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, you said you like the characters that think they know everything and are always right, but then are always wrong. <laughs> so.
0: yep. uh, but yes, yeah, Starscream is just... One of those all time favorites, y'all are letting me touch him. I cannot believe it sort of
2: things. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh and then this might again, might be easy, might be difficult. If uh this is the last question. If not writing, what would you be doing?
0: I probably would have gone into teaching. Okay. Um I like teaching and theater are, are like the two things like talking in an academic space and theater are the two things that I find myself missing gotcha. ever, you know, like being like, Oh, maybe. Um, but you know, in the, in the end it's, it's always something to do with people and something to do with character.
2: Nice. Very cool. So, uh, for people listening to this that haven't already done so, uh, the transformer shattered glass is in previews now. So go order it now. (laughs) Um, I'm very excited to see what this is like. Maybe once the whole thing is over, we can have you back on where you can kind of dig into what, what like all the nooks and crannies then that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, uh, what else do you have out there? I know I've seen various titles, but I'm going to let you go ahead and tell people stuff, other stuff that you have out there that may be of interest to them.
0: Oh boy. That means I have to remember.
1: <laughs>
0: I have a terrible memory. Um, so most recent release, uh, I've got a story in DC pride. Uh, yep. They let me wrangle uh, Jess chambers, uh, the new non-binary flash, uh, which is a huge honor. Uh, and I'm also uh working on champions uh yep. with uh luciano uhveccio, which has just been an absolute blast uh no one does combat choreography uh and and kind of joy
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: the same way Luciano does on a page yeah um. And I'm sure I have other things, but I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I cannot remember what has been announced and what hasn't, so I am going to stop there. That's okay. <laughs>
2: those are the those are the two that I was familiar with. Those are the two that okay. I knew were out there. So I was expecting those those to be out there. So, um, very very cool. Um, I wanted to give a quick update for listeners uh, when it comes to Stealth Hammer, uh, which is my comic, uh, just to let you guys know kind of things have been happening, because I know last time I mentioned I was close to being sold out with it. Uh, Awesome news was that uh, shortly after recording that, I I was sold out. Uh, I got new printing. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was the first 500 issues. I should have ordered a <laughs> thousand and, uh, it's so, and that was just locally. Like I haven't even reached out to comic shops across the country yet. So, um, so That's it's a been,
0: big deal, man. Congratulations. Yeah.
2: Thank you. It's been a, a very, very exciting ride that I did not expect. And I am, um, I, I am very blessed and very happy and the attention it's getting is amazing. Um, but I got 500 more issues that showed showed up. I've already sold 60 of them, and the, they just showed up two days ago, and I've already sold 60 of them, um, which is awesome. Um
0: but I have uh, to get me a copy.
2: I I will be happy to send you a digital copy so you can check it out, um, just so you can read it for your own enjoyment. Um, uh, I'd be thrilled to send it to you and just hope you enjoy it. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, I I had today in. I posted it on the Hammer Facebook page that uh it's was uh they did an article in Mimi magazine which is a local paper here in Ohio that where they focus on local businesses and stuff. They did a meet the artist even though I'm not the artist uh writing is an art. So they did an article on on there and in super exciting news, um I got contacted by Cleveland magazine uh and they did an hour long interview with me. Uh, I have, for the, uh, the August edition of Cleveland Magazine to talk about Stealth Hammer. I have no idea how long it's going to be, but it was a very long interview. Uh, I have to get photos over to them and everything else. Uh, it could be a little paragraph or it could be like five pages. I have no idea. But that is the biggest magazine in the Cleveland area. So I am, I don't know how the, they, the editor assistant told me that my story came across her Uh, editor's desk and he wanted a story done. So that's why she was contacting me. And, uh, it's, it's been a whirlwind. It's really been awesome. It's, uh, Danny, for you, just so you know, it's just an all ages story that's based on, uh, loosely based on my wife. Uh, she had the nickname of Stealth Hammer and, uh, we always joked it'd make a good superhero. And from doing this podcast for years, I've gotten to know a lot of people in the business who really, like you said, learned like you did for yourself. You learned a lot from people around you. Uh, I got to learn a lot about the business and how to create a comic and, and everything else and decided to pursue a lifelong dream at age 45. And it's one of those things where I'm like, it's never too late. So I'm going to, I'm seeing where this will go and see what happens with it. But I, uh, I am very grateful for all the attention it has gotten locally and hopefully we can, uh, I have reached out to several publishers. I did get my first re- rejection letter, but, uh, it's one of those things. It takes one person to say yes, and I'm fine with getting a lot of no's that eventually down the line we will, we will get the yes we want. And my artist and I, we're already talking about what to do for issue two, because we potentially will have to do a Kickstarter for that as well. Um, and which is totally fine, but we have a lot of people asking us, where's issue two? What is issue, <laughs> when is issue two coming out? So. Um, so we're talk we're in talks about doing that. So, um,
0: I mean, if, if it, uh, helps for, uh, encouragement sake, I was, so I recently announced, uh, that I had sold uh, a graphic novel to Scholastic and I was literally on submission with that for, I want to say a year and a half, two years on just that project with people saying no Yeah. before suddenly it was just the right time and place. And like, and I had a dream editor say like a couple of editors interested and but it took yeah. it took a long time it took years yep. and, and to have it. people you know to be selling out of you know a 500 issue run yeah. you know on that is that's huge so yeah. congratulations Thank and you. you're already well on the way to figuring out what the heck this is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a fun ride and I, uh, thankfully, uh, and, and maybe it, it does come with just ex- experience and being around people and everything else. Like I'm in this for the long haul and wh- however long it takes, I don't care if I'm 85 years old and finally someone says, yeah, we'll go ahead and do that. I'd be like, all right, right place, right time at this point. So totally fine with that. Uh, you know, but it's, uh, it's something I've always wanted to do and I'm glad i'm fi- i finally said uh t- maybe it was the pandemic finally to be like okay uh yeah I'm gonna go ahead and do this <laughs> so um and it's it's worked out well so uh I'm very grateful for everyone that's been listening that has been very supportive um, but I wanted to give an, a quick update because it had been several weeks since the last time i put out an episode and I wanted to let people know kind of where things were in the process and some of the amazing things that have happened just recently uh because of it so um with that uh danny where can they find you on social media uh,
0: so i am primarily on twitter but also on instagram uh uh you can find me at either one at were w-e-r-e-d-a-w-g-z because i have a brand and it is werewolves <laughs>
2: I had a feeling when I saw that, that that's, I was like, okay, this has gotta be something with Mm wearable. So yeah, totally fine with that. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, and I will stress it one more time. Pre-order this title. Now you can go to your comic shops. Now, uh, you can go on online sites like DCB service, any, any sites that are out there that where you can pre-order, get this title. Now, uh, with it being Shattered Glass, you do not have to have been reading Transformers, any of the other Transformers titles. Um, this is its own universe, so please go pick this up. Uh, I'm going to be very excited to read it. Uh, like I said, the, just reading what it was about gave me chills, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, Danny, once again, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, people, if you want to uh, contact us, you can find us at StarJoesPodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just look up StarJoes. You'll find us. We did get a voicemail from a listener. I just wanted to let them know that we did receive it. We'll play it next time uh, when the rest of the guys are on, uh, so this way we can all respond to it. And uh, with that, we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the Force will be with you, because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. <laughs>